0: Think again. It is indeed time for parenting. Joanna Fortune joins us once again. Afternoon, Joanna. Afternoon, Sean. Uh right. First question is this: we have three children, nine, three, and two. The younger two share a room, and last week the two-year-old figured out how to climb out of his cot. Major developmental stage <laughs> there. Uh, not only is the excitement of this preventing him from going to sleep, but he's also jumping on his sister, and she's subsequently having a meltdown. And the more she reacts, the more it happens. At only three, I can't explain to her that if she ignores it, it might stop. I've tried going in and putting him back time and time again. I've tried to ignore him, but my sister won't, my daughter won't settle while he's running about. And she constantly comes out to update us on his antics. We took her out and let her fall asleep in her older brother's bed. Then we moved her back in before he goes to bed. This was a semi-solution until the two-year-old woke in the night and wakes her up again by jumping on her. We tried taking the side off the cot so he's able to get in and out of the bed himself, hoping the novelty would wear off. Some nights he has eventually fallen asleep at about 10pm and is awake again at 430 He's exhausted and really cranky during the day and has started biting, which I suppose may or may not be related. He's three in November. He is not speaking properly yet, about 20 words, and has been referred to speech therapy. So I suppose this makes it difficult for him to understand, especially when he thinks it's a game. Any suggestions? We all need some sleep.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just exhaustion, yes. isn't it? oh From God, it? Because, yeah. and I mean, this is not a helpful thing to say, but I still am going to say it. You know, this started last week look at all that's happened in a week look at everything you've tried look at you know yeah, don't yeah. give up on anything because you're saying here you know we hoped the novelty would wear off it's still a novelty Yeah it's only a it's week It's only yeah. and, you know you have to think of it from the perspective of a two year old I love that you see and name it as excitement because it is super exciting that he's learned to do this he's showing off his skills I'm really struck John, as well as many two year olds do but this one in particular maybe has an over and above level of energy at nighttime, like he's kind of saying this is time for the fun to begin. Not, oh, wind down, you suggest. I hear that. It's more like, way let's climb over. And he wants his sister. I don't believe my inference would be he's not, you know, jumping on her to hurt her or to annoy her. That cause and effect really Mm. isn't there. It's more, let's play. Um. And I do think, you know, um, like you say here in the letter, you know, he thinks it's a game. Exactly. I mean, he really does think it's Mm -hmm. a game. So, you know, and he thinks he's playing and a great way. It's a great way, isn't it, to bring mom and dad back into the room to bring you yes, back in. It's true. a great yeah. way no of you coming in and going, no, yeah. No, no. Yeah, everybody's up to 90 and chaos and pandemonium. And he's going, this is brilliant. Um, but the ignoring him, I, I, that's not something I would suggest, particularly not with a, a two year old who's scaling furniture, mm, by the way, yeah. the last thing you want to do is ignore him. But actually, if you ignore this behavior, you've no guarantee there that that would make it stop. In fact, he might up the ante. To go, oh, oh, that's not affecting anything anymore. Well, let's see if I do this or if I scale a shelf or if I do. So actually coming in and responding to what's going on quickly, but very kind of succinctly and in a consistent manner, that's going to be helpful. And look, there's a couple of things that you could try here because you, you could consider, you know, staying outside but physically present The bedroom, you know, you put them Mm. to bed and you sit there, not in the room necessarily, but at the door, and he—you're a constant physical presence, so that any movement is like, no, lie down, no, lie down, (laughs) before he's out, (laughs) in the hopes that you can get him to sleep. Yeah. And I know you might be thinking, gosh, you know, it's much easier. I had a system and it worked, but the system isn't working anymore because he's got this new behavior. So you have to ensure then as well when you go into the room that your primary focus goes to your three-year-old who's been jumped on, so he's also seeing, oh me doing this and bringing you in isn't bringing you to me, it's Mm. bringing you to her. Now, he's two, so manage your expectations about that. But I think as well, just make sure that before bedtime, whatever your, your routine is, make sure that he has lots, a big wave of energy releasing play, including lots of outdoor time, because I think he needs to burn off some excess energy. Mm-hmm. Before bedtime as well. He's he's an enthusiastic little guy, and you have to play to that energy level, um, so that he's a little lower regulated. Go going to bed, but I think you have to be a physical presence. So his behavior doesn't bring you there. You're there before the behavior starts. Yeah. And the novelty of this, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be optimistic and go with you and go. Yes, hopefully it is a novelty thing and it will wear off. But I'd give it more than a week.
0: Yes, going to bed at 10 and waking up again at 4.30 so he he might be a bit cranky himself. Would you think that the biting perhaps is related to that?
1: You know, there are loads of reasons a child of two bites and there's a couple of things in this letter. Children who struggle to articulate and their language development is slower tend to be more prominent biters. Absolutely, children who are tired tend to bite because they're physically dysregulated and it's an overt behaviour to show frustration. Um, And also some two-year-olds
0: yeah yeah it's just yeah so
1: I mean it could be the sleep disruption but again Sean that's a week old Mm. did the biting just start at the same time if so there's quite a lot going on for this little guy yeah there
0: is yeah Uh, Right, Uh, my son is 13. Uh, I let him have one and a half hours of phone time per day, but he argues with me all the time because he wants more. He also wants to go to sleep later and later every night, but I think lights out at 10.30pm for a 7.30 alarm on a school morning is reasonable. How can I stop the same arguments every day? At bedtime, he tries to push a later time and then storms upstairs and we all end up angry and upset every night. Every night ends up with us frustrated and angry because he wants more phone and a later bedtime.
1: You just have this kind of thing that's going round and And round round and round. And you know what? Pushing and testing boundaries again, because it's not the first time he'll have done it at 13. You know, it's always this. We hear a lot in letters about, you know, the so-called terrible twos. Well, they quickly become the terrible 12s and 13s Mm. as well, because boundary pushing, limit testing is part of the developmental task of adolescence. You know, and I don't say that to minimize it, but him, you know, look, listeners might think, gosh, 90 minutes for a 13 year old, maybe that is restrictive. That's very much a personal choice and no two 13 year olds are the same. So I would very much think that's this parent's call in terms of how much phone. It's not about that, in my opinion, because if you were to say he could have three hours, he'll ask you for three and a half or four. It's about the boundary testing, you know, it's really about that piece here. And that's what the task of adolescence is about. Um, The battle is going to happen one way or another. The same with bedtime, like in my opinion, 10.30pm, it's a reasonable bedtime you know, during term time. Mm. What you want as a parent, though, with during adolescence is we have to grow our parenting up in line with our children's growing up. And we have to accept that part of their job is to seek more autonomy, to seek more independence, to try and push, pull away from us, push us away and pull away from us to say, I know more. I can do things. I can differentiate myself from you. My peer group is my important influence right now. And they're all allowed this and they're all allowed. And you're going to get a lot of that narrative so maybe where you can be flexible, be flexible so you can afford him opportunities to make more choices. Again, when we say make choices, they should be choices that you're happy with what you're mm. putting on the table for him to choose from. Um, but it might be that you say, look, some of these rules, you know, the 90 minutes of phone, the 1030 bedtime, that's for school term time. And I can be more flexible flexible. I'm thinking maybe he's in secondary school. I don't want to make he could be sixth class or first year here. But, you know, if so, secondary schools are ending at the moment this week. So you might be able to say, well, look, you know, you did. I know you didn't love it, but you did a really good job at sticking to the 1030 and the phone. So now that we're coming into the summer, I can give you this much. And you don't have to give a lot more, but you're giving something more. Mm. Okay. So we're showing that with structure with adolescents there has to be flexibility and adaptability in there. And the phone and the bedtime are just two examples. It could be, you know, I want to hang out with friends, I want to go somewhere you don't want him to go. It could be anything, by the way. Um, but you just have to be a little bit more flexible as as you come into these more relaxed times because otherwise you're teetering into rigidity and that won't serve you well because he'll push harder. So yeah. where you can give a little, give it. And where you have red line issues and say no, because I I know if I give him the phone for longer, it causes other problems. Then hold your boundary. Mm. Your job is to hold the boundary. His job is to push and test it.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people listening might say, and I often think this myself, no matter what what limit you set, if you give them a little bit more, Mm -hmm. then they'll want a little bit more plus one.
1: Oh, no, I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't think it's about the phone. Yeah. It's really about you're putting a limit on me and I don't like that yeah. because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do things myself and call the shots on my own behaviour and what I can do. So sometimes acknowledging that and saying, look, I know you're getting older. I know it's frustrating when I say no and I know you don't like what's mm-hmm. going on. But sometimes I have to make decisions that I think are in your best interests yeah. and I don't want to fight with you every night about it, but this is how it's going to be. And you're going to say that really calmly. It's almost like you want to memorize a couple of sentences
0: and just repeat <laughs> and them And just over. repeat them. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And then when you've said it two or three times, you stop saying it because mm. the answer isn't going to change. And if you keep repeating and repeating, you're feeding into the, the daily row as well.
0: Yeah. Though, as you know, I have a six year old. She like a couple of weeks ago. She banged her head. She did have a bad day. And 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 so I picked her up from childcare and she'd had a bad day. I said, okay, just this once. It's a Friday, it had a bad day we went to the tree shop on the way home she got a bag of crisps <laughs> I swear to God every day since that she's walking out of there with limps she has a pain yeah. in her stomach I think I've got a brain tumour you know like she's she, very smart she's like oh, oh yeah. I get
1: how this works oh, yeah. and we do the just this time with young kids and they absolutely go or oh, could it be every time let, let me yes. test that <laughs> so testing boundaries is something that children are hardwired to do and you know it's what they're supposed to do mm. um, it doesn't mean it's nice by the way just because I'm saying oh they're supposed to do it, it doesn't mean oh well I'll relax then it is the cause of tensions particularly with adolescents but that's part of the journey of of growing your parenting up is pick your battles everything doesn't have to be one where you can give a little give it
0: yeah I'm a mother to two daughters. One is almost four and the other is just over a year. We had a nanny minding the children in the house for about four months and everything was going swimmingly. The nanny left about six weeks ago. On good terms, we've been unable to find alternative childcare since she left. So since then, both my husband and I are working from home and alternate hours of working and minding the girls. As you can imagine, it's hectic. My youngest has been fine, but my eldest has begun to show signs of separation anxiety in the last two weeks. We think that the anxiety is rooted in the fact that she's lost a bit of independence she had with the nanny and we're almost back into our insular Covid bubble. She has more access to both parents than most of her friends, which is lovely, but is possibly becoming problematic. Every day for the last two weeks she has cried going into play school. She stops immediately in there, thankfully, but is really struggling with saying goodbye. She also used to go alone to her grandparents' house every Tuesday but has refused to in the last two weeks. To add further concern, I've been given parental leave from work to help out with our childcare situation. I now worry that this is going to exacerbate the issue and she won't want to leave me at all. I know she's still very young and it's common for children to experience this until they're they're older. Again, I'm sure this is something she'll most likely work out, but do you have any advice as to how I can help her? She says she knows she's safe in school and has fun, but she doesn't like to leave me or daddy.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, there's, uh, gosh, I think there's a lot in here um, and I think any parent listening knows the panic of losing good childcare (laughs) and then you don't have another plan and you're scrambling to find something. And the word hectic really jumps out at me (laughs) because young children, and she is young, she's not quite four years old, you know, they're sponges for the emotional stuff that us us parents are carrying. So if it's hectic, then you're probably stressed. You're probably anxious. When you got the news that your nanny was leaving, there must have been a moment of what are we going to do? How are we going to work this out? Can we work from home? I better apply for parental leave. You know, and all of that going on in six weeks. So some of this, what you're calling separation anxiety, might just be a little bit of stress that she's picking up Um, I don't want that to sound blaming, but yeah, yeah, because this is stressful. Mm. This has been a stressful time. So she might be picking up on those hectic feelings that are in the house, in the family. And it sounds like these parents have worked out quite quickly. A solution for now anyway, you know, parental leave. And the other thing just to say is don't see that she is having more time with you guys as problematic for you. I mean, for all children, but particularly very young children, time with their parents is never a problem. Mm. More time with parents is not problematic because parents are their important hub of social and emotional development. So, you know, arguably it's good for her to have this. But it's depending on how stressful it is, because when she had her nanny at home, the nanny's job was to play with her mind, her interact with her, engage her, go out with her. You're doing a job. While also doing that job. yeah, So it yeah. is different. And she might just miss what was a familiar routine that she'd had with her nanny over those few months. I would months. have
0: thought so. Maybe she kind of also gets a sense this is a temporary thing anyway and she doesn't know exactly. what's going to happen next.
1: And it's the unpredictability. Exactly that. So I think that's it. And now that you have the parental leave day coming up, you know, name it as play day name it as this is our play day. we've got a play day now because this is all I'm going to do, and we're going to do fun activity. It doesn't mean you have to go out now and doing loads of mad things, but you know just you know having fun together and I think during that practice mini independence and mini separations with her at home, and that could be can you go upstairs or can you go to this room to get that and I'll go here. I have to pop to this room, you stay there just for a few minutes each time and you're just doing these mini separations Um, and I think that's no harm or we're going to go for a walk while one parent is at home and the other parent swaps so that she's getting used to it and separation anxiety you're absolutely right is so or separation stress even if it's not full-blown anxiety it's not unusual in this age group at all it's mostly transient It's, it's one of the more typical if I could use that word anxieties that young children have that's not to say it's not difficult when it's going on but it is quite difficult typical especially around her age so a couple of things to structure that you know use a transitional object that might be a little key ring that has a photo of you and her in it in her pocket for during the day have a nice little handshake a simple one you know a high five a fist bump and wiggling your fingers at each other that you do at the point of separation which is saying goodbye and immediately at the point of reunification when you come back speak to her about when we're back together when you get home we're going to do whatever Mm. and again it Something, we're going to build a tower of blocks. It doesn't yeah. have to be. We're going to go off and have a big day out. Um, but talk up to her about. When you come back, when you come back, and you're emphasizing, we will be back together, and yeah. I will be here. Tell her what you'll be doing when you're not. You're going to go in and have, you know, your preschool fun, and I'll be at home doing X, Y, Z. And then when you get home, we will do whatever, so that she can hold you in mind and know she's held in your mind. And even saying that, you know, when I don't see you with my eyes, I feel you in my heart. I'm always thinking about you. Is really reassuring. Um, and just be, be positive about the point like, you know, I think when our children get anxious and can be very tearful, we can hold some of that dread going, oh, gosh, we're getting up to the door. It's going to happen now try just to catch yourself in that moment and say, you're going to have a great day. I know you are. And stuff her pockets full of kisses so she yes. can pull one out <laughs> when she, When all else fails, <laughs> stuff the pockets full of kisses so she can pull that out. And I think that should get you through it. But give yourself a break. This is a very tricky time as a family. Like child, yeah. is such a major important thing in everyone's family that when you have this kind of Collapse in your system. You are scrambling to put something in place, and it sounds like you're doing a really good job.
0: Yeah, we should all stuff our pockets full of kisses. Actually, just in in general, Uh, a couple of texts on some of the things that John has been talking about uh, on that issue about the phone uh, uh, and the uh, twelve year old. We had the phone issue before, and the compromise was if he went to bed earlier, he got extra phone time. But it's all over by 10.30, says James. That's interesting.
1: So you're doing a little barter system yeah. there. I like that. But you're also saying, I will negotiate. Yeah. But you're negotiating within parameters you're happy about. It's still the 10.30 thing. So that's, that can be very useful once the phone isn't going to bed. So I can lie in bed Yeah. at 10.30, but I'm not actually going to sleep.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, let me take the phone off at 10.30, yeah. I assume. Uh, I just wanted to share some happy news. At the grand old age of seven, our daughter has finally started to sleep through the night. And the odd morning gets up and puts on the TV herself. It's a whole new world, uh, says the texter. Congratulations to you. And uh, someone else says, my 12-year-old listening to Anna just now... Uh, they should really do this part of the show when we're in school because now we're learning parent <laughs> hacks to override. You are welcome, 12-year-old. Uh, you are welcome, 12-year-old. <laughs> yeah. uh, next week, we'll be talking to Joanna at best uh, after 10.30 at yeah. night when all you're tucked yeah. up in bed. Uh, Joanna, thanks a million. <laughs> Thank as you so much. Uh, Joanna Fortune there. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk.
1: Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your
0: bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on Newstalk.